Hello and welcome to this episode of Monday Manifest, which is our cut of all the best bits of episodes in the past of the podcast. And today we bring you Troy Hooper's episode, which is really intriguing. It's really interesting, the conversation we get into, certainly around investing in people, in culture development and being authentic. So I'm going to waste no further time. Let's jump into this Monday Manifest episode with Troy Hooper. Yeah, the, the so um, sort of tied for first is um, internal leadership, right? Focusing on the people. Um, to your point earlier, operators, we typically have our head in the box. We are in the game. We're in the bubble. We're on the field. But the reality is if you don't step off the field, go to the practice field, if you don't go uh, out and see what the other teams are doing, to use some sports analogy, but if you aren't aware of what's going on outside of your bubble, um, then then you're, you're, you're being left behind every day, right? So um, really focusing on the human element of this business, as much as I say I love robots, um, all robots need humans to do programming and fixing and, uh, and, and stuff like that still. So... Uh, but the reality is we're, we're in a people business. I like to say that um, we are people leading people who serve people. And so we can't leave that out of the element, which digital hospitality is a sort of a catchphrase and why we called Sean called um, that room that uh, on Clubhouse. But people first, and, and we see a lot of, I think you just get used to doing what you do the way you've always done it. And um, and, and humans evolve and change, right? And so I, I think that really somebody in every business in our hospitality industry has to be focused on the people. There has to be somebody who's really asking, how can we make this a better experience for our employees? How can we get them to make this a better experience for our guests? Well, I, I hate when this happens, but it occasionally happens. I often say uh, some some. Sometimes I'd say one in every 20 people we start to work with or we dig in with a little bit. Um, when we get to know, I, I would say one in 20 scenarios, we end up with, I, I make a statement that, my God, they're that successful despite themselves. Like they're doing everything to get in, in the way of their own success, right? Uh, they're just a miserable, toxic boss or all they do, they're they're not they're a creative and business is like obscure to them or they're a, they're an analytical mind and all they look at is the numbers they're, they're counting every napkin and and they're bitching to the employees about every straw that goes across the counter you know it's it's these like really bookend very niche specific scenarios but but they've got something and it's working and they're making a lot of money but we still look at them and go but what if you could 25, 30, 50% that would, despite how terrible you are at what you're doing, you're really doing, you're really making a lot of money. So it, it happens. The answer is no. Uh, the answer is you will, can always have a better business. You can always have a more successful business. And more importantly, and I think the pandemic makes this really obvious, you can have a more resilient business. Um, given we can talk about the labor side of this business today a more resilient business by being a great leader by, by again, focusing on what your team needs, what the people who are investing you every with you every day needs, wants, desires, dreams about. And if you pour into that, if you focus on that, 
the reality is everything else does take care of itself. The financials do take care of themselves because sales solves all problems. Ultimately, there's a finite fixed cost to operating this business at some point. And once you exceed that, you know, you can make a lot of mistakes and there's room for forgiveness. Yeah, I would say an understanding that it's an investment, that it's not an expense to do that offsite, do that training, bring in that consultant, bring in that coach. Um, these are not expenses. These are investments. And that you can directly, if you really think it through, you actually can attribute an ROI to the effort, right? And the effort is time. The effort is money. Look, you get 30, 50, 60 employees in a room in California for a one hour meeting, you got to pay them for two hours. So now you got to fill two hours and, and it better be something that matters, right? And, and you need to find a way to motivate in a way that, it, you know, maximizes return. But that's the number one mistake is most people are looking at this as, as any form of leadership development and coaching and training and, uh, and development of their staff skills and all that. They see it as an expense and, and if they viewed it as an investment and um, knew that the long tail ROI was resiliency of your business in crisis, um, uh, expansion of your business in ways you may not have uh, envisioned, um, and you know uh, an adaptation of your business ultimately uh, through the collective crowdsourced uh, experience. At the end of the day, the best brands, and we mentioned Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out Burger. Sure, there's plenty of fast casual and uh, full service brands that can be called out as well. Um, there, there's a handful you can name really. And, and that's sort of a shame. So there's a lot of, I, I'll say that though, let me caveat. There are a lot of one-offs out there that none of us know about that are doing phenomenal work. And, uh, and we love uncovering those. Those are fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like direct case studies. Um, I, I'm in a monthly roundtable um, sort of a collective group of restaurant executives, um, mostly multi-brand, uh, multi-unit, some multi-brand, um, some independence with multi-location. But um, we have these conversations, and I can tell you that the longest-lasting, uh, most consistent, uh, best-performing, um, best-regarded brands in that group of about forty-five or so concepts um, are are always the ones that have this conversation that bring this up that that when when the opportunity for them to share how something's going or why something's working well or why their experience with turnover is so different um they're very vocal to your point of what they do and that it always comes back to the investment in the people and then it's sort of peeling that back well is how what was the creativity what are what are the tactics what are the tips what are you doing uh, that we can get into but the the answer is um we see the proof in the pudding quite frankly uh pretty directly so um there's no there's really no argument yeah it right so you have an individual leader and everybody likes working with that person and so the best team is anybody who work you know that's like that's like the A team over there, but then you've got B, C, and D and E teams over here. Um, that's not a successful business. That's a successful shift. Um, so, so the answer is uh, culture is that glue, right? Culture is that pervasiveness. Culture is when one or more great leaders get together and figure out how to replicate themselves, replicate this mindset, replicate 
the actions that come from that environment. Um, language matters. Uh, I really have found that establishing a your brand voice and being authentic and speaking in that voice and allowing your team to embrace and speak in that brand voice, but have an internal language, right? When you have, and I don't mean acronyms and secret words, but I mean how we describe and and talk about things and um, that it's not just kumbaya, sweet, warm and fuzzies, but we really actually mean this stuff. Like we actually really care. Um, you know, in, in that case, you know, you in create an environment where the individual feels informed and empowered. That's culture. When, when your team does what you would do or does something better than you would do it in that situation, then, then you have rubbed off. Like it has, it has, covered them, so to speak. And so that comes from information that comes from motivation. It comes from inspiration, but most importantly, it comes from empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. It, look, what you don't want to do is play it so safe and so vanilla that when the employee comes in to get a job or once they have a job, um, what they saw and what they heard and what they thought this was is very different. Very much more more important or as important is don't do that to your customer, right? Don't just show me food pics. I I want to know what the interior looks like. I want to know what the exterior looks like so I can recognize it when I pull up to it. I want to know what the atmosphere sounds like, smells like, feels like. Is it loud and boisterous and vibrant? Is it sort of a quiet, more upscale, conversational date type environment? Is it a business environment, you know? I want to understand that and you have to communicate that. And what I found, particularly in the restaurants in our industry, um, across the board, especially smaller operators who are afraid to sort of upset the apple cart is, is they get real safe and real narrow and that's not telling the full story. And I'm saying that the negative of that is attracting or, or dissuading. You're either attracting the wrong client or not enough clients because you're dissuading them because it's not clear enough who you are and what you're about and who you're for. And the answer is the same for employees. The more specific you are, the more clear you are, you're just going to make this a much more efficient process to attracting the right customer and attracting the right employee.